This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Hi, welcome. This is a different podcast from uh, the team behind that Millwall podcast. Uh, rather than talking about Millwall and everything Millwall like we do on a week-to-week basis, um, we've been tying about the idea of, of pretty much educating football fans on their rights um, and the laws surrounding football and why football fans are... Um, alienated against, I suppose, is, is probably the best word, or victimised uh, would be another word to use um, in society uh, and by the police and the government um, going forward. So without further ado, I'll bring our guest in. Our guest tonight is Amanda Jack. She's um, on social media as um, the FSS Fair Cop. Um, she is a, well, to know what, welcome to the show, Amanda. I might as well get you to uh, let people know what you do rather than me tell them what I think you do. And you've probably moved on from the last time I asked you that question. So welcome, Amanda, to our our maiden show. Um, hopefully it'll be one of uh, a good few just to try and educate people. So, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for getting on board with my mad idea. That's a pleasure. And if it's your maiden show, how come you didn't send me a bottle of champagne to smash against my laptop to, like... All right, fucking hell. Fucking hell, our first show. There we go. All right, I don't know what I mean. So, yeah. It's cheaper that way if I use Champagne, it. Champagne, get me. So, Amanda, what do you do? What do I do? Um, I do lots of things for and on behalf of football supporters. Somebody suggested recently that I'm a supporter advocate, which I suppose to some extent I am, because at every opportunity I'm given, I will talk to people, the police, people within football, people outside of football, just to promote us, really, and to say, look, you know, 
we are actually decent, ordinary human beings whose pastime just happens to be supporting football. So please treat us as decent, ordinary human beings. And you know what? We are actually in a much better place policing-wise than we were when I first started doing this over 10 years ago. Generally now, I think most policing around the country of football matches is more of a community orientated policing style. But you're Millwall, aren't you? So you are going to maybe get the rough end of well you are, you know, let, let's not beat around slide the out, slide <laughs> out you as well. Or should we just keep that one a secret? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, look, we're, we're, yes, we are Millwall, but it doesn't give people the right police forces to um react the way they do regard because of the team we follow. Um, no, you're absolutely right on that I could not agree more but the sad reality is I think the policing style you are more often than not I'm guessing subjected to is very different to say what Fulham fans might get yeah 100% 100% because of because of the reputation um because of things like the panorama program from the 70s and the 80s and and the 90s and 2000s, obviously, we had the right at the den and stuff like that. The the reputation follows us first. So that sort of gives um, the police and authorities to try and treat us um, pretty much like scumbags, like they do, you know, where if it was a Fulham away day to Sheffield United, we played them yesterday. So, so if it was Fulham at Sheffield United, they'd probably get away pubs. They'd probably be ushered nicely from the stadium to the station or from the station to the stadium. And they'd probably be quite an easy managed game. If we rolled into town, there'd probably be no pubs open for away fans. They'd try and force us um, into the ground early. Uh, They would probably kettle us up. They'd probably follow us in, walk us in. And and they would generally make our life um, a living hell, you know, um, visits on the train, dry trains, that sort of stuff. You know, they, they they will do whatever they can do. If they class it as a risk game, then, yeah, we would obviously be dealt with differently to um, to the next fan. But, you know what, this isn't necessarily about we're not hard done by. We are what we are, you know, but um, I think this is more... And you know what, as well, I think a lot of your fans wouldn't have it any other way to some extent. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, I've, I, it is what it is. Our, our, our motto is no one likes us, we don't care. And, you know, it is what it is. But, you know what, as um, as the former uh, Chief Superintendent of Leeds, which is Owen West, who, who we both know, you've done more work with him than I have. I've, I've done a podcast with him probably uh, six months, eight months ago, maybe last year, actually, probably, which you can find on our back catalogue. Um he was he was the one who decided to treat us um, as normal human beings and um, on merit and, and opened up leads to us where we went and visited them because obviously he had an understanding that his fans were more high risk um, and you know prone to causing trouble more than what we were. Uh, he opened up the city, didn't tell us to know go, and from there we moved forward. Okay, they're in the prem now, but if they ever come back down, which they probably will at some point. Um, I think the policing style will stay. Um, it was incident-free, wasn't it, that game? Yeah. I remember. Well, so... it, was, it was incident-free on Millwall's side. I think Leeds tried to, to you know, take over a few pubs and tried to get a Millwall fans, but I think relatively it was, it was incident-free. But that goes a vast contrast to 
how we were. And those of you listening who, who you know don't know what happened for uh, many years, probably about ten years, I think it was. Um, Millwall fans for Leeds away used to purchase a voucher from Millwall. You then had to go by coach to a service station where you were uh, videoed or a picture taken. You were basically manhandled by police. Uh, you then went to Leeds at the service station. There was like a table of setup. You'd then transfer your voucher. They would give you a ticket. You get back on the coach, and then the coaches are escorted from the service station straight into um, Leeds, Ellen Road, and then basically you were there. And, and there was no other way of being able to get your ticket um, without being, you know, generally harassed. In, in any other situation, you you wouldn't put up with that. But no. because you want to follow your team, you put up with it. So I suppose... But happen anymore does it and it's no. which i think is indicative and, and i'm sure there will be some younger supporters listening who might have picked up on that, that sort of treatment but will probably be quite surprised that that's what their dads or older brothers or whatever had to go through but i think the fact that now broadly speaking you don't have those restrictions is a yeah. sign of how much football policing has moved on in the last decade yeah we yeah we within reason i think i think there's still I think, which we'll come on to a bit later, their, their style of policing has changed. So I suppose into the the first question, um, what we're hit into is do's and don'ts if you get arrested at football. Okay. Um, arrests now are comparatively rare. What happens more now is the police the will take... Yeah, picture taken, name and address, and if they suspect a criminal offence has happened, one of two things will happen. You will either get a summons to court through the post or the police will contact you and invite you in for what is described as an interview. So mostly the police play it by the book when you're asked in. They will say, yes, we want you to come in for a chat. It's entirely voluntary. But when you get here, it is a formal interview. It will be recorded. You will be cautioned and it may well lead to criminal charges against you. You are entitled to a free lawyer. We can sort one out for you or you can bring your own. Always, always take your own. Well, we refer all supporters to Melanie Cook of Football Law Associates. Yeah, she's down in Essex, but represents supporters all over the country, even those from South London. Um, Yeah, always, always, always take a solicitor. Lots of fans don't because they think they'll either think, well, I haven't done anything, so I don't need a lawyer. Or they'll think, well, I'm banged to right, so I don't need a lawyer. You always need a lawyer. The other one what the police get you with is go... (sighs) We give you a caution. Just, just sign this. Take the caution. Don't need a lawyer. No, no, no point dragging it out. Look, we we'll just give you a caution. And again, that is something what don't take unless you've been advised to take it by legal advice. Absolutely, because people think a caution is a slap on the wrist. It's minor. It's nothing. A caution is an admission of a, you committing a criminal offence, and it stays on your record. So, which, yeah, absolutely spot on. Never caution without legal advice saying you'll take the caution. And also, if you are if you are arrested at football, again, it's say nothing and make 
your phone call to a lawyer. Mel can find you a, um, a, a firm she uses all over the country. So it would, it would, you know, well, you, 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 you say, say nothing. You've got absolutely nothing to lose. And in fact, it's probably to your advantage to, they'll ask you if you name an address and your personal details. It's not really to your benefit to withhold those. No, well, what I meant is in don't, don't go into interview without having, you know, without making a phone call first, regardless whether or not you think you're paying the rights or not. You know, you're, you're, you're going to be, you know, the police are what they are. Um, they're not our friend, regardless of what way you want to. Don't, you know, don't, don't. Very simply, Mickey, do not go into a police interview without a solicitor present. Whether you think you've done it, you've not done it, you're not too sure. Cases are often won or lost at a police station. Uh, a solicitor will advise you on whether or not it's appropriate to go no comment. Lots of people think because they watch television programs, going no com- comment will do them a favour. It might not, because if the case gets to court and the judge hears that all you've said is no comment, then that can be to your detriment. And I should just quickly say here, I'm not giving legal advice because I'm not a lawyer. I'm giving common sense advice based on what I've learned over the years doing my job. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think I'm hoping to to get Mel on on a show to do one with with legal advice and, and cases what she's looked after over in the past but I, I think those rules is, is look at Mel Mel's in our profile if not we we'll put her number in our profile we'll put all her details on on this um uh, in the description of this either as a podcast or on the YouTube but why is it that football fans are treated so differently to any other sporting event in the country. Sorry, I will answer that. But just going back to Melanie, whether you are you are arrested in London, Luton, Liverpool, Leeds, wherever you're arrested, if you are taken to the police station, ask for Football Law Associates. The police will have her number, not because she's connected to the police, but because police have the numbers of all solicitors on what's known as the duty scheme. And she will get you a suitable solicitor to the police station. It doesn't matter if you, if waiting for that lawyer means missing your train or your bus, you will thank the advice after the event that you have waited for that lawyer. Absolutely. But on to your question, why are we treated? Because the legacy of the 70s, 80s still lives with us today god i i don't know i because the narrative perpetuates i think because i think white males at the moment in particular are very much in for a kicking all round for all sorts of reasons that are you know i won't go into now but i'm sure a lot of your listeners might identify with that I think nobody's really over the years necessarily stuck up or defended football fans. So when the press print lurid headlines or when the press just, you know, go off on one. I mean, Wembley's a prime example, the, the Euro 2020 final. Now, there is no doubt that there were there was some absolutely shit behaviour going on there. You know, when I read about parents with kids that are crying because they're so scared or family groups that just turn, you know, it really pisses me off because whether it's football or rugby or cricket or whatever, you should not be going to an event where your kids are scared or where you feel that your safety is going to be compromised. You know, I know people might say, well, it's football. That's what it's like. Don't agree with that. But whilst 
I mean, my mantra, Mickey, is everybody has to take responsibility for their own behaviour. But that behaviour is more often than not influenced or treated by how people are policed and stewarded. No, I agree. And I think the trouble is around football is that laws are so predated and so old. You know, you're looking at laws from 90s, 80s. I think you've got the Football Spectators Act of 89. You've got another one that comes in 91. You've got, you know, alcohol laws around football, what you don't have around other sporting events. Everything is is pinned into football. And unfortunately, those laws have never been looked at and never changed. I know currently, um, I think Tracy Tracy Crouch is is looking at it um, and they're looking to go back into drinking within the, you know, view of the pitch. Because at the moment, if you you drink a, uh, well, in fact, if you drink a pint of lager you buy from the club in front of the pitch, that's a criminal offence and you can get a criminal record from it. Whether or not you do or you don't, it is down to clubs. Most clubs will kick you out, but it is technically a criminal offence. You can be arrested on it. Same as if you put two bottles of beer in your pocket and walk into a football stadium with him, you're again in breach of another law of taking alcohol into the stadium, which again is another uh, an arrestable offence. Um, if you go out on a Friday night and you're drunk and disorderly and the police pick you up, you have to be in a dreadful state. But the law technically around football is smell of alcohol, unsteady on your feet, could get you arrested for being drunk at a football game. But I could be absolutely wankered on a train going to Twickenham, barely walking in a straight line, and I'll be ushered, in you go, there's the bar, go buy yourself some more. But if I did that at football, I would seriously potentially be arrested. Arrests for alcohol-related offences have absolutely plummeted, genuinely. Again, when I first started doing this, like you said, I'd get people nicked for drinking in view of the pitch, going into a stadium drunk, blah, 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 you know, all of those things. And it's also illegal to drink on a coach or minibus to or from a football match as well. So these laws and all the the football-related legislation were, I think, rushed through without any scrutiny. Nobody was saying, "Uh, hang on a minute, some of these laws, you know, are potentially counterproductive. They are potentially discriminatory against a whole group because all there were were headlines about football hooliganism, the English disease. Everybody was up in arms about, and you know, let's have it right. It was pretty shit, wasn't it? In back in the day, it wasn't pleasant to go to a football match. So whilst I'm not going to sit here and say nothing should have been done and it should have been, you know, carried on because that would be ludicrous. Equally, there's no doubt that those laws will rush through on the back of what some people might call a moral panic around it. And something had to be done. So the legislation was rushed through with no scrutiny, nobody objecting or nobody second guessing what the outcomes of having that legislation might be. So fast forward 25, 30 years, we are legislated against in the way that supporters of other sports aren't and what I said it on Twitter quite recently what I find really ironic is there's lots of hand wringing oh why can't football be like any other sport well start treating us like we are like any other sport and you might see some results you know it like your experience away to Leeds when Owen what actually to be fair to Owen that's quite a brave thing that he did there oh very very yeah 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 definitely, yeah definitely and he deserves a lot of credit for it but 
you know, it, it's self-evident, isn't it? When you treat people like human beings, in the main, they will respond and act like human beings. No, totally. But I, I just, I, I find it hard that just because of going to football, I mean, also what people don't realise maybe is that you will be arrested for a football-related offence if you have a ticket on you and cause trouble, you know, whether... Uh, and the rules are very, you know, cause harassment, distress, all of this. You don't necessarily have to be in, in, in a fight. You don't have to be tearing up with people where potentially you could be arrested at football just for going to football. You could be chanting on a train. And if someone is offended by it, then, you know, you could, in theory, be, be nicked. I'm not talking, you know... Um, any homophobic racism stuff like that. I'm just talking about standardised abuse. Um, same as if you're at a football stadium and you you abuse a town. We're not going to go into the town, but there's a northern town what's had a, a problem, um, and, and they get lots of a lots of abuse. It's handful of nonces. Not, oh, not okay. the other one. No, 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 no. No, I'm um, thinking about a town full of nonces where I know that someone was was arrested and kicked out of a football stadium when I was found on the board. Uh, and it was ridiculous. You know, you're like, mate, it, it's it's not to anyone. It's not really offensive. Homophobic, stuff like that. Look, it, it doesn't have a place. We've moved so far forward, it doesn't have a place. And I don't think, you know, majority or, or the majority of fans will go to football are, are, are not there anyway. I think you've got odd individuals, but you've got odd individuals in the whole of society what you know will do things but to sit there and say you know like there or you know you're a town full of fat bastards in theory you know like oh everyone from Wigan is fat because they eat pies you know you're fat technically if you're offending a group of people it is it's it's a little to me you don't get that at rugby you won't get that at, at any other sporting event apart from football and also what what gets me is that I can go watch non-league football and I can sit along long you know along the line drinking a pint of lager. But if I go to anywhere within the league, I can't sit there and drink within view of the pitch. No, and I think, you know, the I mean as as you said it hit the news quite recently, didn't it, that Tracy Crouch and the fan led review, they are looking at at le- um I think at the minimum what they want to do is trial drinking in view. Yeah. at a couple of clubs, League One and League Two clubs. You know, when that when that news came out, the world stopped turning. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. I mean, which, Mark Roberts, Mark Roberts probably had a fucking heart attack because when Owen was on the show back um, a, a good few months ago, when Owen was on the show, show he said that, you know, Mark Roberts put um, complaints in. He, he stood up in front of the committee, um, the government committee, when they were talking about it, and said, it'll bring back racism. And you're like, how the fuck is just being able to drink a beer rather than standing in the concourse? Because we all know what it's like at football. You go get a beer at half time and you could be, you know, you could be there 20 minutes trying to get a beer. And then you've got to sip it down and get back to your seat. If you can sit in your seat, people can then come round and serve you like they do at American football and rugby and stuff and get beer in while you're sitting in your seat. You don't necessarily have to move. No, well, he, he, Mark Roberts, who's the national, well, he's the chief constable of Cheshire Police and he's the national policing lead on football. So his his views on the law being changed on drinking in view of the pitch were well documented across the media. But I think as well, you know, sorry, we're jumping all over the place here, but the reaction to it is indicative of what you said, you know, your, your earlier question. 
you know, what, why are football fans treated how we are? But you only have to look at the responses to the idea that we might be treated like fans from other sports to know that all, all the prejudices and stereotypes are very much alive and well and kicking. And it also, what, what really annoys me is, with a few notable exceptions, there's so much reporting without nuance. So... You know, oh, drinking a view of the pitch. Oh, my God, this is awful. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Well, hang on a minute. Nobody is saying that every single supporter is going to be given a six pack when they walk through the turnstiles and be asked to drink it or a bottle of wine for us ladies. Welcome the wine for the ladies. Um, nobody is suggesting that at all. All the idea that's been mooted now is let's trial this and see what happens. You know, nobody is stopping to think that, you know, for a football, well, football stadiums already have to be licensed anyway because they serve alcohol. So if the law were to change and drinking in view were allowed, that would have to be licensed as well. And if anybody thinks that anybody would want or even the licensing committees would, would allow a, a stadium to have every single fan allowed to drink in their seat, I just think it hasn't stopped to think this through. What I envisage happening, and obviously I'm very much fast forwarding here in the event that the legislation is overturned, what I envisage happening is that after consultation with their supporter groups, which is vital, clubs decide whether or not they want to serve alcohol to supporters to drink. And then even if they do, it's then limited to certain areas of the ground. I don't think anybody's advocating that people can go inside a family stadium with a pint in each hat. No, Sorry, in, right. in, in a family section within a yeah, stadium. No, I think right. I think it'll be corporate areas will be able to drink rather than having to have the beer taken off them. I think corporate areas would be able to be able to drink through the whole game. I think the boxes would be able to drink through the whole game. And I think there'll be certain areas of the club or certain areas of the ground what will have drinking. Because some people, regardless, if they've got a pint in the round and we score, you know and I know that beer's going to go in the air. And, yes. and then people are going to get soaked in beer and get the ump and they're going to go, oh, fucking hell, and, and, and it can cause. So I think there'll be certain areas where it will go, this section is a drinking section and this section yeah. is a drinking section and these are drinking sections. I, I don't think that, you know, they will licence the whole area because it will be too hard to manage on a, on, a, on a policing and security level, I think, um, yeah, as a yeah, whole. Right. And also, you know, it'll, it'll probably be things like the pint you buy just before kickoff, you can take to your seat. The pint you buy just before the second half kicks off, you can take to your seat. Because, you know, people up and down every five minutes going to the bar to get a drink is, is let's say, it's going to be a pain in the ass for people, isn't yeah. it? I wouldn't want to stand next to someone going, you know, and getting one round every 10 I or 15 I think it's. Minutes. I think it'll be the same as what it is at rugby. You know, you you... You grab you grab one of the little cartons and you take it in with the group you're going in. So you'll have four, six pints, whatever, with the little holders, what they give you. You carry in, you sit down, you watch the game, you drink. And then half time, you go get more and you do it. And then come the end of the time, you disappear out into the outer car park. I know rugby's slightly different how they do it at Twickenham, but it, it, it's, a, it's a different scenario. Um, do I think drinking will come back very shortly? No, I think it'll be a year or two down the line because I think they will have untold amount of um, consultations. I think the fans will back it and I think clubs will probably back it because it's revenue and they need all the revenue they can get. I think there will be very strong opposition from the police 
um, because of the because of the way the police are, the way Mark um, Roberts is pushing the agenda with the police. He wants clubs to be paying for the police, so he's going to come up with as many issues as he possibly can. But on the wider angle, it would mean that probably people wouldn't drink as heavily before getting to the ground, that they might just, instead of trying to nick six pints in two hours, they might just do three or or four pints in two hours because they know they can have a beer at the game. This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. Set yourself up for easy backyard adventures by leaving a tote bag with the essentials right by the door. Sunscreen, bug spray, and a few hats or pairs of sunglasses. Now you'll never need to search your house to find them. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. But you, you know, I mean, no one's going to, you know. I know, I'm the lightweight. But you know what I mean. I know know exactly what you mean. And also you you hit on something else there as well. You know, that there's evidence, academic evidence by Jeff Pearson and a couple of his academic colleagues that actually demonstrate that the current drinking legislations and restrictions cause more problems than are there to prevent. And there's also, you know, there's quite a few enlightened coppers. If you speak to them individually and off the record, they will say haven't got, you know, that they haven't got any problem with that. But I think, you know, as as the debate around safe standing was ultimately won because it was evidence driven. And this is, I think, where we will end up with um, the alcohol. Everything's got to be evidence driven and led. It can't just be decided on somebody's preconceived ideas that letting football fans drink in view of the pitch will lead to chaos and disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I, look, I agree. I just, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, if you've got a view on the drinking in the pitch, then, you know, put it in the comments. Um, you can also send us um, emails, uh our Twitter accounts, obviously, you you probably know our Twitter accounts. Mine's on my picture, or um, you can send emails to info at that millpodcast dot com. Um, you know, you know what? I think even I think Mickey, what people need to have a think about is not least everything that we've said, but whatever their personal preferences are, whether they think that they don't like the idea of drinking in view of the pitch, whether they will never take you know never drink themselves. I think the key thing for me is getting rid of legislation that marks Absolutely. out others. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, so, I, I, yeah. We need to look at making the sporting events all the same. Absolutely. You know, because, you yeah. know, mass, mass participation, crowd participation should be along the same. Yes, you've got tribal with, um, with football and, and you're not going to change that. You know, there is segregation within football. We're not saying we, we want to change that. We don't, in, in no way in any of these shows, hopefully I, I do and people like going forward, do I want to talk about sanitising football? I just want people to understand that there is lots of things what happen around football what have a knock-on effect 
what people don't necessarily understand. You know, you know, being nicked for drinking within view of the pit. Okay, it's very slim, but you know, you can. Um, I think the drinking is there. The other one was what's an interesting one for you because I know you've had cases uh, with them. Is the fascination with pyrotechnics at football? Yeah, I don't get it myself. Maybe because I'm old and boring. I, I get it when you see it in Europe and you know all this stuff on YouTube where you see whole state, you know, whole stands. It looks absolutely spectacular. Would I like to be in a stadium with that? Yes, I would. Here, when you just see a couple of smoke bombs going off, sorry, lads, I think it looks a bit sad. Just, just, just for just for people who don't really understand what the lengths what people go to to um, to get pyrotechnics into stadiums. <laughs> um, well, let, let, um, would, you, would, you, would you like to would you like to enlighten? The, uh, the listeners, Amanda, with um, how fans get smoke bombs and uh, smoke really. grenades and whatnot. No, sh- sh- shall we just say that some of the um, smoke bombs are... They, they, they come, use, they use like, their internal pockets. Yeah, so, yeah, so they can go places where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, what, what do they call it? They call it the prison pocket. So a lot of people <laughs> will take it into football in their prison pocket. Um People who go to football with children, put them inside the nappies. Uh, no, ladies... no I, I think that. No, 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 I think whether or not that's an urban myth or not, I really oh, don't, I don't know. know. But I'm not saying it's never happened. But I don't think, Mickey, we are seeing kids up and down the country. No, being... no, no. I'm not saying there is. I'm saying, oh, I'm saying it, that was it, another there example is, of a, a moral panic, wasn't it? Do you remember a few years ago there was this headline: children used as pyro mules at football. And of course, again, the world stopped turning. I think there was one. I think there was one. There was was one I think there was one, maybe two yeah. cases of people found doing it that way. But other than that, it's it, you know, it, it's yeah, not, it, I'm not it, saying it, it's, but shoving it up your ass and yeah. getting it in is absolutely fact happened. People have been searched and found to be on uh, and whatnot. Why the fuck you would go to that much effort? Nobody's smoke bomb is searched. <laughs> No, 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 I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bend over at football. No, no. I mean, I mean, there, there are there are clubs that use pyrotechnic dogs rather than drug dogs. Yeah, people there are. Being sus to have them, and it's like, yeah. well, it's not in your pocket. Where is it? And um, you know, I just don't see why you would go to that much effort to do. I can understand, you know, um, Crystal Palace ultras are a strange bunch of people, and maybe that's the way they do it, but. Um, I, I I don't get pyrotechnics at football. I don't either. I don't. And, I mean, I, th- I think that the craze is wearing off a bit. I don't think... It's... We've never really had it. We've never really had it. Well, from opposition fans, um, yeah. yeah, and there's a there's a famous picture of, I think, when we played Charlton a couple of years ago where Charlton threw a, a smoke grenade or a smoke bomb into... Um, into I think it was East Lower or East Upper, and there's a Millwall fan who just picks it up and pretends he's smoking a cigar. Cigar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's been um, any real instance of Millwall taking pyrotechnics in. It's, it, it, no. I, I think you know we're we're quite a normal um, working class club. To be fair, we don't do all that bollocks. It's football, a bit of the other, and and, and that's it's it. Old school. 
no, that's it. But that's I think that's the way it should be, really, isn't it? it, it isn't that what football's about? You go to work Monday to Friday, um, bust your ass, and then you just um, let out at football. That's that's what football. Yeah. It, it, it's um, it's is. Like I said, isn't it? I mean, every, everyone's seen the footage of certain clubs across Europe where pyro is absolutely embedded into their supporting culture. It's seen as legitimate, and it looks fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, when you see a whole stand with flares, not smoke bombs, it does look brilliant. But you are not in a million years going to replicate that here. And no. I just think, like, you know, like you say, the solitary smoke bomb or the, I mean, we hardly ever see flares, very rare are flares used in football, but the solitary smoke bomb or a couple of smoke bombs. I don't get it. But then I'm a middle aged woman, not a teenage bloke or a you know, young that's not a But you know so, what, what annoys me as well is when people throw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, what kind of fucking idiot are you to throw a smoke bomb or a flare? You've just got to be a bit dim, haven't you, to chuck something that can properly yeah. cause damage to someone? Yeah, and you sum you summed up um, Crystal Palace ultras there in in one word. I'm not. So, Crystal Palace, don't lead me down that road. I'm not going so, down that road. So, look, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a second. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, the tweet you posted the other day regarding um, tickets and, obviously, if they're not yours. So okay. We will be back straight after this. Right, and welcome back. This is part two. Um we were just having a little chat in the break there. So look, um, missiles. Yes. Um, is that a restable offence? It is. Now you say missile, and most people will think of a missile, as in a military missile that the army or the navy shoots at buildings or whatever. In a football context, a missile is absolutely anything from a sweet to a coffee cup to a water bottle to your shoe, to a hat, literally anything that you put in your hand and throw, the item you are throwing counts as a missile. And paper aeroplanes. And paper aeroplanes, yeah. Now, that the legislation was brought in, obviously, off the back of the bad old days when coins and lighters and God knows what was being lobbed, you know, with the serious intent to hurt somebody. Yeah. So, fair enough, if you throw a coin or a lighter or anything that's going to cause somebody some damage, then that's what the law is there for. And if you get nicked for that, then, you know, it's fair cop gov, which isn't to say you're not entitled to to a defence. If, however, you throw an empty coffee cup or a bottle of water that has very, very little water in it, a sweet, a bit of chewing gum, a pair of fancy dress trousers, a toilet roll, if you throw any of those items and you get nicked for doing so, in my opinion, that is not in the spirit of the legislation and it is a complete and utter waste of taxpayers' money and it is a waste of police time, it's a waste of court time and it's a waste of the CPS's time. Cause, yeah, because technically you could be sitting at the back of a stadium, lob a cup, uh, uh, you've drank a cup of coffee or a bottle of Fanta, whatever, and you finish with a bottle and you lob it three or four seats forward, not at someone. Technically, you can be arrested for throwing a missile within football. Yeah, I, I've had people under the rules of the law. Yeah, I, I've had 
people, um, and not just one or two either, that, you know, their team have conceded, they've had a penalty award, you know, anything that can piss you off at football. They've had a water bottle in their hand or a coffee cup when they got for fuck's sake and thrown it. Hasn't hurt anybody. It hasn't come into contact with anybody. And those individuals have been arrested and charged with throwing a missile. Toilet rolls, another one. Um, there were a pair of Man United fans years ago over from Ireland, and they throwing toilet rolls as streamers. They got nicked. Um, QPR fans wearing fancy dress trousers. They're taking their fancy dress trousers off, throwing them down. They got nicked. Um, thankfully, Melanie was in charge and made that go away, which is absolutely right. I've had an empty coffee cup chucked on the pitch, fan nicked for that. Um, most recently, a fan threw some sweets on the floor, nicked for that. I mean, if anyone can persuade me that that is in the public interest or a good use of police time, then please do get in touch and persuade me. Can't hear you. If a if a, a lighter or a coin's thrown at a referee, then that's different. But oh, okay, you that's throw, different. You, you're throwing you throw a program. So all those people will throw programs from the back of the thing when you know it's nowhere going to go nowhere near the front of the stadium or even on the pitch. You can technically, and the thing is now, and you'll know this as well, is that there is a high percentage of football stadiums now with increased level of CCTV, what records twenty four seven. And basically, it's a 360 degree. And what they do is they find where the item landed and they and basically click it and it suddenly just goes back. I think Middlesbrough and a couple of other clubs, Tottenham and a couple of others, have got basically where it finds the item and you just click on the item and it literally automatically tracks all the way back until you see it in a person's hand just about to leave. And, and most of these cameras have got 4K uh, image and they've got bang picture. Some stadiums, I'm going to say, allegedly, um, have facial have facial recognition. Uh, it's something what we, we disagree with on this, but I know that certain stadiums do have it, um, and they have a facial recognition system, and, and pretty much they could end up following you around the stadium and get you nicked. Um, whether or not they're used or not, I don't know. I mean, you know. I, I yeah, not a scarf. Word, allegedly. I've had another one. I've just yeah, yeah. Had, um This was at Fulham. A few years back, um, I can't remember the whoever he was he supported. They'd lost, ran down the steps, threw his scarf on the pitch, nicked. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I'm interested. I mean, moving on slightly, it's the same still, you know, restable and 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 grief with the club. Um, your tweet the other day regarding tickets. I've got some personal experience when I was found on the board at Bill about this, um, and I've known of some other cases, but. If you give your ticket to someone else and they misbehave, they could potentially get a football banning uh, order from the club or, or from the police. And technically, you will too from, from the club. Okay, so the person misbehaving, yes. If they come to the attention of the police and or stewards and their details are taken and their ticket is produced, the stewards or the police will keep the ticket and trace it back to the original purchaser and that original purchaser that they won't get into trouble criminally no but they will buy the club but they, they the chances are that they will be looking at a club ban because the liability remains with the original purchaser of that ticket yeah Millwall does it quite 
Millwall's done it quite a few times um, because their rules are that it's a member and season ticket only for away games when they inform uh, away clubs of this. And if anyone's caught with a ticket and they're not meant to be there, because obviously, in case you don't know, if you're arrested or have your name and address taken at football, the club that you do support will be told that you've been arrested. Um, if you've been arrested on the way to a club and you've been caught with drugs or drunk or anything where they deem you to be football related, the club will be informed of your arrest. Um, they will have your name and then it's down to them to sit there and do. If you're caught for drugs, most clubs have a zero drug policy. If you're caught for drugs on the way to football, that could be on a train, walking to a station. If it's deemed that you're going to football and you're arrested, the club will have that information because every club in the country has a sharing agreement, an information sharing agreement with its local police force. Um, is it right? Is it wrong? I, I think it's No, I don't wrong. know. I, mean, that, that, I that, think that. it's wrong. It's got nothing to do with the club. What you do on the way to the club, if you're in their ground, then okay, fine. But if you're walking to the club or walking to the ground, say, you know, I'm going to the club and I'm drinking in London Bridge uh, and the club's two, three mile away and I get nicked for something there, it's got nothing to do with the club. No, I I think the whether it's right or wrong is, you know, too big a discussion to get into right now. I agree. But, you know, it's there, the policy's in place and it's not going anywhere. I think what's more important to discuss is what the club does when it gets your information. I mean, just as an aside, you you know, when um, something horrendous happens, like a child dies or a woman dies at the hands of her partner and there's a review and invariably those reviews will say agencies didn't share information. Look at football. You know, again, the rights or the wrongs of its one side. One thing you can't deny is the absolute ruthless efficiency of information sharing. So yeah. football can do it. Well, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. No, well, I agree with you there. But, you know, yeah. the, but football, I, I, again, I it goes back to football fans are treated like what we started yeah. on. Football fans are treated as utter scumbags. Yeah. And, and there's no innocent until proven guilty with football. No. And, and that's the point I was about to make. I, the issue for me with information sharing is you're away. You get kicked out of a ground for doing, I don't know, banker signs at the home fans please take your details they end up on the desk of Millwall Monday morning or any football club nine times out of ten that football club will write to you dear Mickey you got ejected you're banned for six months you're banned for a year you're banned for three months and then what happens is while some clubs say you can appeal this very few clubs have a meaningful appeal system in place those that do, I applaud them. But even those clubs, if the if the complaint, sorry, if the appeal is uphold, upheld, there's no refund for the two, three, four, five games that you may have missed as it goes through. What clubs do is they they generally act as judge, jury, and executioner. Absolutely, and and the classic one, what they do at all is they give you an antisocial behaviour order as such, where you have to sign to say that you'll be a good boy or girl. And they'll let you back in the ground. And if you miss again, then you yeah. you're out. Again, those orders are commonplace throughout football. I'm not a yeah. they're oh, no, there. No. Yeah, but yeah. but what, 
invariably they are just the ground regulations reprinted, which yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, when you buy a ticket, you're accepting that you won't be a twat and you will abide by the ground. What, what concerns me about some of these contracts is the individual clauses that some clubs put in. I mean, I had a particularly bad example a couple of years ago where this club wrote to this supporter and as part of his contract, he was only allowed to go to the game with two or three other people. He couldn't go here. He couldn't go there. He had to be off the club premises. And it was really, really, really restrictive and way beyond what was needed. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, again, you have be annoyed and pissed off at certain procedures, but equally you have to accept those procedures are there. They're not going to change. So you try and make them better. You try and make them fairer. You try and make them more proportionate and encourage clubs to have a more pragmatic approach to things as opposed to this, right, ban them, ban them. I mean, the, the clubs that immediately take the punitive approach. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that. You know, well, on, on a case-by-case basis, Warn people, say, you've done it once, this is a slap on the wrist. If you come to our attention again, we will ban you. But the way that so many clubs rush towards the punitive in the first instance yeah. is a concern. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's, you know, it, it's that it's that guilty until proven innocent rather than innocent until proven guilty. You're just, you know, you misbehave. And, and, and you know, I shouldn't have to explain myself to a club if I was nicked somewhere else. Um, unless it was for violence, then yeah, okay, fine. But, you know, it is, it, it, it's one of those laws that you're never going to change in a minute. And I think there's too many of the football laws to get into here. But I think that going forward, we maybe go into the, you know, the football spectators, look at, um, you know, the difference between, um, was it the the four B and the four four A banning orders? Banning orders, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the fact that you know these banning orders, you can you can they can go back ten years of your your um, your history, and you know, there's one for criminal intent, which is the yeah. A, isn't it? A, A is criminal. 14A is on conviction, and 14B yeah. is a civil application, which is but basically I, we've. Got no evidence to nick you for it or get you in criminal court, so we do it. We do it this way, and we show we show the court a ten minute video we've made of you being involved in most of the violence. But actually, you've never thrown a a punch in anger, but you've been around the people what have, and that's enough for a judge to go, "Oh, you look like a nasty man." Um, And you're a million fan as well. I'm going to give you a five year ban. Yeah, and 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 that's it. It's tough shit. You can't appeal it because it's. It's civil. It's very hard to appeal. There are people who can appeal it. Mel and obviously Alison and people, they can appeal them. But the chances of you getting them overturned are very, very far and few between. Yeah. No, you're right. And just going back to the whole, you know, behaviour away from the ground. Some clubs actually have it in their season ticket terms and conditions that you'll act as an ambassador for your club. And I, I think that there's... It's, I tweeted about this some time ago, two or three years ago. You know, are you uh, an ambassador for your club? When well, you're away? Uh, uh, and should, should you be accountable for bringing your club into disrepute? And it, it turned into quite a lively tw- Twitter debate. Some people were absolutely, yes, you know, if you're a Millwall, West Ham, you know, whoever you support, you are an ambassador of that club and your club will be judged by 
your standards, your behaviour, yes, but other people were yeah, absolutely yeah. not. No, I'm a manager. So I'm, I'm not an ambassador for that's, any club. That's it. So I think what we do is we're, we're doing another show in a month's time or so, um, and on there we'll talk about the football banning, um, and maybe you can have a look and see some of the ridiculous levels of what people have been banned for. You've probably got some cases, old cases, what we can discuss. Um, if you've got a story about it, if you've been banned for something ridiculous, um, whether it's, you know, it's obviously the civil ban side of it, uh, get in touch in the comments or drop us an email, info at that Um I think we've pretty much come to an end here. I think we're, we're looking again. So in about a month's time, we'll do one on the football bands. We'll do one uh, on um, the ambassador thing. I think we'll have a, a, a deeper conversation into the ambassador thing. Uh, and I'm sure if there's another topic you want us to address, we'll do it. We'll be a bit more professional rather than jump around next time. We'll make sure we've got show notes and we'll have a bit of a practice first. But look, all we want to do is try and give you some headlines. Amanda answers your questions online. Um, I've got some experience with dealing with Amanda on, on, on cases and with Mel and, and with other people she uses. And I think these people do a great job. Um, I think, you know, they they highly go around sometimes very unrecognised and you don't really need these people unless you're in the ship. But I think that, especially with the younger generation of football fans going now, most of them don't understand the full consequences of what potentially you're walking into by agreeing to buy a ticket and then travelling half the country, going to an away game, um, what the repercussions could be if you decide, purely because it's football, um, that if you decide to do something um, potentially you could get nicked for it and you could get a criminal record. So hopefully over these, we do a couple of these shows. If it works and people like it, then we might do more. Um, but I look at, I think, getting some guests on going forward. You know, we'll look at getting Mel on. We'll look at seeing if we can get Owen on. We'll look at seeing if, uh, you know, if Jeff will possibly come on and talk about a few things. Um, but, yeah, if you've enjoyed the show, let us know in the comments. Um, if you've got a point you want more information on, get in touch. Uh, you can get Amanda on. You can find me at faircop underscore. Okay, faircop underscore. My name is Mickey yeah. MFC. You can find me, you can DM, or you can DM the show uh, the show account, which is That Mill Pod. Uh, we are across all social. We're on YouTube, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. You, you, you name the social media. We're there, one account across all of them. Uh, and if you've enjoyed it, let us know. And hopefully we will be back in about a month's time. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Amanda. That's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you. And um, and hopefully uh, we will do a few more of these. Um, self-indulgent, to be fair. We know, we, we, we know how much the old Bill hate football fans and it's about time we, we uh, turn the tide. Actually, they don't them. all. They don't all. There's a lot that are really, really good. Like... Preston, Paul up at Preston. There's some guys in the Met that are good. They're not all bad. They're not all bad. No, they're not all bad. But then again, you know, not all postmen are bad or not all dogs are bad, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. Well, look, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we will be back again in a, probably about a month's time. And uh, I hope we've made sense. 
And uh, if you've got a question, stick it in the comments. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. That's why I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.